Hello, everyone. I want to say thank you for all your prayers. Just give a quick update today. Um, some of you know that I had, had hip surgery three and a half weeks ago, arthroscopic um, surgery, so it wasn't a hip replacement. But uh, thank you so much for your prayers. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling good and strong, and, and uh, recovery time is anywhere from six weeks to, to three months. Yeah, I think that's it, but who cares about the three months? We're going to get stronger. Before that, I may have to, to sit on this chair, all right? And so if I do, just kind of work with me, all right? And uh, we'll just keep proclaiming the word as best we can. So I, I just want to say thank you for, for the team that was here to lead in worship, Nick Saban, his wife, and, and uh, children, daughter, and uh, the rest of the team. Um, it, wasn't that great? Anointed by the Lord. Their hearts are so pure before God. Nate's become a friend of Gateway Church. And uh, it's great to, to be able to, to call on him on this day. You know, this is a tough day, July 5th. And so a lot of people are, are out of town. And uh, they sacrificed their schedule to be here with us today. We really appreciate that. Um, community Bible Camp. This is a great opportunity for us as Gateway Church to be involved in this outreach. And so as Kirsten stated, we want to help reach our city, the children of our city for Christ. And uh, there's going to be a lot of kids. And we want all of our kids right here at Gateway Church. Parents, just want you to, to bring your kids to this great event. All the information's on the insert. I want to share a little bit of my heart here and ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our morning offering today and give thanks to the Lord for his goodness in providing all of our needs. He's a good God, isn't he? All of our needs he meets. We just pray in accordance to our Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And he does that, doesn't he? He provides resources and jobs. And so we want to give thanks today by giving back to him a portion of what he has blessed us with. And so uh, let's give the Lord thanks. God, we worship you in the giving of our tithes and offerings, Lord. We worship you in song, wonderful anointed music, God. Touches our heart. And that worship extends to finances. God, we're so grateful. We want to be joy, joyful givers today. Pray that there would be a sense of excitement as we give to a God who continues to give to us every day, we give you thanks. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. As we receive our offering, I was uh, gone last week, had a family reunion. My Deanna side, Jerry and Jeannie, um, over 110 people, I think, at their family reunion. Jerry's one of 13 kids, and uh, you know, every, every other year, once every three years, they get together, 
And uh, so I missed last Sunday, and uh, um, we were leaving Friday, and before we left, we heard about the Supreme Court decision. And I know Pastor Joel talked about this last week, and I feel like I need to, to respond as your pastor at Gateway Church so that we're very clear on where we stand on this issue. Can't be any wondering as people of Gateway Church, the church, I wonder where they stand on the issue of marriage. Well, I want to make it clear to you in the heart of Christ um, where I stand, where our pastoral team stands, where our elders stand, leaders of our church, where, where, where we as a whole stand on this issue. Appreciate Dr. Stumble the president of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And the day of the decision, he wrote an email to all the pastors. I'd like to read just portions of this email and then spend a few moments in, in prayer. Because what he says in the email is where we stand. He said the alliance responds to the ruling on marriage equality. As the Alliance family, we hold the scripture higher than human reasoning or courts. We welcome the love of Jesus to flow through our hearts to all who disagree with us. That's a great statement, isn't it? We welcome the love of Jesus to flow through our hearts to all who disagree with us. We have to do that, folks. Don't argue. Spend less time arguing and more time praying. In the alliance, we unite to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to our cities, our regions, our country, and the ends of the earth. Throughout the church's history, there have been events that seem to hinder this redemptive message. Such an event took place today when the Supreme Court issued a decision that requires every state to recognize marriage between two people of the same sex. In the next few weeks, the national office will offer an in-depth analysis of what this decision, decision does and doesn't mean for the local, local church. But for now, it reminds us that this world is not our, not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a world yet to come, Hebrews 13. 14. It reinforces that our hope is in Christ, Romans 5, verse 2, and Hebrews 6, verse 17, and not in any political or judicial system. And finally, it encourages us to be loving and faithful witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what Dr. Stumble wrote. He said, I'm disheartened but not surprised by today's Supreme Court ruling on marriage equality. The current trajectory of our country, our nation, is a steady walk away from historic Christianity and biblical teaching. Today's ruling is yet one more marker on that dangerous trail. However, as the Alliance family we hold the scripture higher than human reasoning or courts. 
We welcome the love of Jesus to flow through our hearts to all who disagree with us. He said that again. We'll refuse to get into shouting matches over these issues and we'll continue to uphold Christian marriage as determined by our Creator and defined in Matthew 19, 4 through 6, which says, Haven't you read, Jesus replied, that at the beginning, the Creator, God, made them male and female, and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Under no circumstances will our clergy perform weddings contrary to this biblical standard. Meanwhile, may we take every opportunity with everyone we encounter to extend the life-giving gospel of Jesus in a winsome and loving manner. We affirm the following statement by the National Association of Evangelicals. God designed marriage for humanity as first described in Genesis and later affirmed by Jesus. Marriage is a God-ordained covenant relationship between a man and a woman. This lifelong sexually exclusive relationship brings children into the world and thus sustains the stewardship of the earth. Biblical marriage marked by faithfulness, sacrificial love and joy displays the relationship between God and his people. Thank you, Lord. I'm sure that, that uh, you've had conversations this week maybe with those who disagree with this teaching of Scripture. I hope that you have. And I hope that your conversation has been filled with the love of Christ. I had a long conversation with someone who stands in disagreement with me on this issue. And we spent a lot of time talking and it was a kind of conversation that, in the end, would lend for more conversations in a civil way. And I trust that's where our hearts are at as we, as we continue to, to walk in now a culture, really, at times, which is a culture that needs Christ. It's a lost culture. Our country needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel needs, our culture needs the truth. And so, my heart's broken. It's a tough weekend in terms of what just took place. And uh, I think it would be good for us to spend a few moments in silence and then in prayer. If you want further information on the teaching that we hold to on human sexuality. I have a, a copy of, of this out in the foyer. You can pick one of these up. Um, it's well written. 
It's, it's what we stand for, what we believe. And I uh, trust that you may take that. But let's spend some time now in prayer. ask that we would, if you will, you can bow your heads, just close your eyes for a moment. If you want to kneel, you can, you can kneel as we pray, as we consider where our nation is. Lord, we come to you. We thank you for your truth, God. Your eternal truth. We submit ourselves to your truth. We thank you for the beautiful gift of marriage that you have given. You've ordained it. We ask, Lord, that you would strengthen the marriages in this body, that they would be strong marriages, that there would be love that is granted and forgiveness, be fidelity and purity. Lord, as we continue to navigate in a world that, in a nation even, in our own local culture, Lord, that is deviating from your word. Lord, we ask that as our president has so written that we would continue to bring forth the love of Christ in a winsome way. Lord, I ask that we would not be those who would be argumentative, and harsh and judgmental. Lord, I pray that, that the love of Christ would flow through us. God, help us take a stand for that which is right. For your glory, Lord, it's for your glory. Always for your glory. Continue to break our heart for this great nation. Thank you for our freedoms, Lord. Thank you for the freedom to, to come to this place as a family, to worship you. I pray that we would not lose this freedom, God. Thank you that the church will always be strong in Christ. Nothing can stop your church, the bride. You are the groom, Jesus. And you are preparing a bride. And she will be made ready for you on that great day when you come again. Help us be that kind of bride, Lord.
We pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you for receiving my words today regarding this issue. I ask that you would continue to pray. And uh, if you have any questions, any comments, you can talk to us as a staff, a leadership team. We'd be willing to, to, to share and talk. Amen. Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart. I want to start my message today by sharing with you a personal struggle. I think most of you will be able to relate to this struggle. Some have a more difficult time than others. It's this. It's knowing, accepting, believing that God really desires for me to know his love. Struggle's not an intellectual one. I know God loves me. And I can take you to a number of scriptures that would say how much God loves me. In my head, I know that. My struggle is sometimes believing that God really wants me to experience his love. That he wants me to know it. Right here, where? I know it in my head. I have that down. Sometimes what I struggle with is knowing it in my heart. Today I want you to leave knowing that God wants you to know and experience his love. That's it. You could summarize my message today in in a phrase. God wants you to know that he loves you. You know that. You're looking at that statement going, I've heard that. But do you believe it? Do you really believe it? I'm going to take you to a scripture that is so powerful and dynamic, almost too good to be true. And that's why we struggle with it. It's Paul's personal prayer to the Ephesian church, chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father. It's a prayer. I mean, he gets on his knees. He loves his church in Ephesus. It was a a good, strong, solid church. That's what I love about Gateway Church. When I look around, I see people who are walking after the footsteps of Christ. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, where? In your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, part two, being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Now, his prayer is for the church, for the family of God, for Christians. God loves everyone. God loves the world. We know that. Scripture says, for God so loved the world. But in this context here, Paul's praying for who? 
the Christians, the sons and daughters of the living God, through faith in Jesus Christ, he says, I want you to know you're rooted, established in love. You may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high or wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Look at verse 18 again. May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. It's what I want you to do today. I want you to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that what? Surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Beloved, here's your struggle. I know your struggle. You can read the passage, hear the words, see the words up on the screen, but the message that you sometimes believe is a lie from the enemy. What's the lie? That's not for me. That verse that you just read, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. All that talk about love and knowing God's love, I'm not worthy of that. When I say the word no, what do you hear? We all hear the same sound coming from my lips. No, no. It's the same sound. K-N-O, no, N-O, no. It's the same sound. Two different words with two totally different messages. Paul says that we would know God's love. Don't let the enemy put an X out of the letters K and N W. Don't believe that you are somehow disqualified or not worthy of experiencing God's love because if you are in Christ, Jesus makes you worthy. It's not no love and oh, it's no love, K-N-O-W. I'll never forget a post-it note that someone gave me 15 years ago. Have you ever received something from somebody that you'll just never forget? A message or a thought? This guy, and I, I have it somewhere, okay? I tried to locate it. I know I have it in my possession in a desk drawer. I moved and I lost it, but I didn't throw it away. I kept it. Post-it note. He wrote these letters on a post-it note with no spaces in the letters. G-O-D-N-O-W-H-E-R-E. Don't say anything. 
Don't say anything. Just want you to look at this. And he said to me, What does it say? Stop. What does it say? God is now here, or God is nowhere. No, no. Larry, you're smiling because it was one of your friends, Mr. DeMarco, gave it to me. John DeMarco. It it all depends upon how you you see it or read it, right? I want to read it this way, right? God is now here. I don't want to read it. God is nowhere. How, How did you first see it? How many here, you know, I'm just going to ask you to, how many here saw it this way, God is now here, when you first read it? Anybody see it this way? Yeah, God is no, where? Same letters. But how you read it and see it is totally different message. I want to see it, God is now here, not God is nowhere. Friend, what do you really believe about God's heart pointed in the direction of your heart? The truth is, God is now here, and God wants you to know how much he loves you, son or daughter of his. I want you to see slide or verse 19. Read that verse again. I just made a few comments this past week when I looked at verse 19. I said, I I pray that you would know how wide and deep and long and high. His love, which what? Surpasses knowledge. His love is incomprehensible, isn't it? Yet what? Knowable. It's knowable. His love is knowable. Many many times for me, I sense God's love during worship. It's like, I know it's going to sound crazy, but it's almost like Jesus kisses my forehead with his love. It's like, I have a little granddaughter, Addie, and she's a toddler now, but last night she was running by, and she came over to the chair that I was sitting in, and I just gently grabbed her, her forehead as she, as she scooted by and I just kissed her on the forehead. She didn't even know it happened, but maybe in her heart she, she felt the love of her grandfather. I think that's how God wants to love us. But we're believing the lie. No love. You got it wrong. It's K-N-O-W. It's no love. I know his love is incomprehensible, and you think, there's no way that I could ever experience his love, but that's the lie of the enemy. It is knowable. Even though it's inconceivable, it is yet experiential, because Paul said it. I pray that you would know his love. It's infinite. Yet what? It's understandable. 
So what do we do? First thing. First thing we do is that we have to stop listening to the lies that beat us down and start believing the truth that builds us up. I want you to remember that. How do you receive his love? First thing you do is you have to stop listening to the lies that beat you down and start believing the truth that builds you up, that he wants you to know his love. We have to bring truth right down on top of the lie and then fight the good fight of belief. I want to close today by considering for a moment, just for a moment, how high God's love is. We don't have time We'll have an eternity to look at how wide and long and deep, but for now, how high is God's love? How high is high? Listen to a couple of verses, Nehemiah 9, 5. I don't have them up on the screen. I just want you to listen for these verses. Nehemiah 9, 5, you can write it down. And then put that verse right alongside Psalm 108, verse 4, Nehemiah 9, 5 says, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. Listen, I want you just to hear this. You made the heavens, underline this part, even the highest heavens and all their starry hosts. God made the highest heavens, and the word says that his love is higher still. How high is high? Psalm 108, verse 4. The psalmist writes, For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Mr. Hubble, you know him. The grand telescope launched into outer space somewhere. He can't tell us how expansive the highest heavens are, but all the pictures that he sends back to us. Keep sending these images, these stars that are millions and millions and millions of miles away, even trillions of miles away. Now listen, and God says that his love is higher than the highest star in the heavens. How high is high? It's incomprehensible, isn't it? And yet Paul says, I want you to know this love. We're going to have an eternity to experience his love and to know it in a greater way. But he wants us to start eternity today. He wants you to know how much he loves you. And he proved it. How did he prove it? Right here. This table. This table proves that he loves you. For without this table, you and I would be forever lost, experiencing the wrath of God against sin. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
And Jesus said, what? Yes, Father, I will do it. I will go. There is no other way for humanity to be saved. And we believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. Amen? Amen. We believe that he walked on this earth some 2,000 years ago. Do you believe that message? It is true. And that he preached incredible messages that someday you will hear from his very own lips. But the reason he came, the greatest work that he provided was the work on the cross. He died on a cross for my sin and your sins so that our sins could be forgiven. And he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again And he is coming again. And we believe that message. But until then, until then, the prayer keeps going out. And what's the prayer? To his body, to his church, to his brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, it is this. I want you to start right now to comprehend that which is incomprehensible but knowable. It's not even a word, I don't think. His love. So, let's consider his great love. 